Now, the last time Rob was here, he was here with us two years ago, and I was just, just yesterday sitting down with him and, and, and rereading to each other a prophetic word that Rob shared with us two years ago when he was here, and it's quite outstanding to see what God has done with us and through us uh, in that two-year period, and it's just, I, I'm just like, thank you, God, for a guy like Rob that hears your heart and wants to bless the people, and so um, let's just pray for Rob, and, um, and let's open ourselves to the Holy Spirit as Rob speaks to us this morning. Father, thank you for Rob. We thank you for his amazing family, for Deb and the family that are in Sydney this morning, and we ask that you would bless them and be with them. And right now, Holy Spirit, we ask for you just your anointing to increase on Rob. Right now, we welcome your anointing, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Even more. Even more. Even more. We just bless the work of the conversation of your heart to his heart, Lord. And we pray that by the power of your spirit, it would come and transform our heart as well. Our heart as well would build up the church, would bless the people of God, and would see the kingdom extended in our region. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. As, uh, as Kirk said, it's been two years since I've been here, so I don't know if I was that bad. But, um, but for those who were actually here that time, I, I, wore, I wore a yellow T-shirt that actually said, Under Construction. So, and Deborah myself, I've, we really pray for you guys because one of the things that we pray for you for is you need it. Yeah. Same as we all need it. And the other part is that we really love you. We love you as family. Even though we're vineyard family, we love you as family. Our heart is connected with you. And, um, and Deb and myself were just talking, I don't know, probably about a month ago. We've talked since that. <laughs> but about a month ago when we were talking, I just says to Deb, if we weren't doing church, what church would you go to? And, and she says, to be honest, I don't really know. She says, the only church that I, I would go to, but it would have to be God that would get us there because we, we, we foster children in the old implication from that. She said, is Pine Rivers. She said, because when we walk in this place, we feel home. And I hope every one of you that walk in this place feel home, yeah? And so, in our prayers for each and every one of you, um, individually, as a leadership team, we, we sense things that have actually taken place and gone on, the ups and downs, even though Kirk and myself don't really talk that much. But you just know when, when you've got a connection in the Spirit, the Spirit speaks to you and tells you certain things to pray, you know. And um, so, I, you know, in my sharing this, I'm not a preacher in the sense that I'm not going to give you any great theological wisdom. I'm not going to bore you to tears in that department. I just like to share my heart. And so in my sharing with you this morning, um, I hope that you will take on board and grasp a hold of what I feel in my spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Lord has for you individually, but also has for you as a church. Yeah? Because yeah. the last time when I come, as I say, with that T-shirt on under construction, there's been a lot of construction work going on, you know? And so it's nice when, the, when we see the grader coming in, he just skims across the top of the, um, the topsoil. You know, and then he goes into the clay. But when he gets down to the rock and the jackhammering starts to happen, mm, it can get a little bit interesting then. That's when the fun starts, yeah? So if I can just share what I feel like the Lord's placed on my heart for you as a church and as I say individually, I've got a couple of scriptures that I really feel to share. And then 
Um, we've been here last week and, and just praying. There's, um, there's a couple of things that I'd just like to share as well. And if we've got enough time, if you're still here and not bored, um, well, I'll share what I think. We're going to Galatians 5.22, yeah, which we all know anyway. We should know. So this is what I feel that the Lord has shared in my heart for you as Pine Rivers. The first scripture I had was Romans 15, 5 and 6, which says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves as you follow Jesus Christ, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now as we get a prophetic word or a word of knowledge, it can be a right now word, but most, most of the time it's an unpacking and it goes over a period of months, weeks, months and sometimes even years. So, The other part of the scripture I got was Isaiah 58 and basically from verse 6 to 12, but I feel just to read this morning from verse 10 to 12 for you. And it says, And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide, your, guide you always he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the old age foundations. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings, Amen? Amen. And so the picture I actually had with that one night was of a ship that was in, in a harbour. Now, the picture of the ship actually was like a battleship. And um, fully gunned up, lots of guns on there, but it was tied to the moorings. And I took that the ship actually was a representation of you as a church, even though it was still in working and it was still in progress, people could still come and go and you were still actually having working, but you're in the harbour and that's not where you're at your best. And I've seen myself coming in and this morning, you know, we can just do this in the spiritual realm. It's just coming, and I, I feel like just to say, I'm cutting those guide ropes off that are holding you to your moorings. And it's to release you to the high seas. Because that's where you do your best work on the high seas. It's not that the seas were rocky ground for you. It was just like you had a surge through the seas. It's not that to say that you didn't take any hits. There was no damage come to the boat but it didn't stop you for the purpose that God had called you to do as a church. Amen? I had written down here that the words I had seen was break out and break through. And there's a release of celebration song coming here. There was a movie done a little while ago called I think The Boat That Rocked the World. And it was about the um, radio station, that was a pirate radio station, and they, they actually went out. And what that boat was called, is I feel that I can put the tag on this place as well, it was called Party Central. Amen? Amen. Because when people are coming in here, when we're out there not working for work's sake, but as we connect with the hand of the Lord, we can't help but go out and speak to people. And they'll come in here and it will be party time. Amen? Okay. I just firstly want to speak to Andrew and Kathy Day. We, Deborah and myself, we don't really know the days. We prayed for them when they were going through his Oliver. And it was so great to see this little fellow who we'd prayed for at conference. 
It was just amazing. I was trying to get this, so they didn't think I'm mean, this weird old guy trying to sneak this photo, you know, to, to send to Deb saying, look, look who's here, you know. When I was sat at the back, this is the word that I, I feel to give to you guys, just as an encouragement. In, and, and part of it is coming from um, Kirk and myself who were watching Band of Brothers. And so it's going to have a real army analogy to it. It's feel like a, I feel like you guys are bunkered down in the hills. I don't know where it is or what, what the hills are, how it looks for you guys. But I feel like you guys are bunkered down in the hills because you've been holding ground. Because you've been doing what the Lord's asked you to do. You've held ground, you've bunkered down. Even times when it would have been easy to say, hey, we can get out the back door here and have our lives, we'll be saved. But I'm here to tell you this morning that recruits are coming. Recruits are coming. Recruits are coming to you guys to lift your hands up, to refresh not only you, but to refresh your church as well. So be encouraged. I feel like the Lord is saying, well done, good and faithful servants. And from your story, many people, once they start to hear your story, will ask you to come and share because it's a breakthrough story here. So bless you guys, yeah? The, 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 other, the other part was, um, it was funny because uh, Kirk asked to pray for healing and I went and laid my hand on the gentleman up the back. Um, I, don't, I don't know your name, but I was here last Sunday and I just really felt the Lord. <clears throat> just to honor you. That he says that you're a man of integrity. That you're a man of deep character. And your perseverance and your love and dedication. I felt the Lord ask me to say to you publicly, thank you and well done. Yeah. And I've seen you, you're, you're a pillar in this church. And I've seen you as, as in the days of old in where the wise men sit at the gates and the elders sit at the gates and people come to hear the pools of wisdom that are coming out of your voice. You're a well-resourced man. And so I just want to bless you this morning. Now, I've never known anybody in my life that sleeps more than this young girl, but Caitlin Delaney. <laughs> we, um, when, when we met on whatever day it was now, I can't even think, last Saturday, we just mentioned briefly um, about a movie, and it's a movie that I really enjoy. And I really felt the Lord, you know, just really resonate in my spirit about Hunger Games. And to say that, I, I can't remember the girl's name, is it Cat or whatever, you know? Catless, is it? That you're like this young girl. But your arrow is the word that you speak out. And I'll, I'll read out what I've written down. The word is your arrow. As you go into sectors of your school and into the community because of the purity and the passion and compassion and conviction and the glow of the Lord upon you, others will be drawn to you and drawn to this. And this is the Holy Spirit that's in your life. And I believe that it won't be too far away when you're start to get asked to go and speak into, you know, schools and to lots of other youth groups as well. So don't underestimate your influence amongst the young people because you're a straight shooter. You fight for those that have been oppressed. Yeah? Um, the, other, the, the other feeling that I had to share was for those over 60... If you could stand up, you can sit down in a minute if you want to. 
And this is what I actually felt. There is still work for you to be doing. There is still work for you to do. I just feel that you all have a Caleb spirit on, where he says, give me the high ground, I don't want the log, I want to be in the battle. I want to be in the battle. Now, if you just have a look around, you can actually say to yourself, you know, I just want to sit up like Big Mama's house to sit in my rocking chair and, you know. But I don't believe that is in here. I believe the Lord has work for you to be done and he's waiting for you to ask. To ask because it's a specific work outside of these walls, but there's also a speaking into our younger people in here in like a mentoring work into this place as well. And the word that I actually seen, because I've written down here, ask boldly, but the word that I seen was that you had those t-shirts, you know that says, no fear written on you. Because I believe that you will go where some people wouldn't put their old boots. Because you know the fear of the Lord is with you. Amen? Amen. So I hope that's an encouragement for you guys. You, you're not on a shelf. You're not on a shelf. And um, I just felt there were several people that's actually in the house this morning that have specifically been asking the Lord for a purpose. It feels like a long time, and you basically got to the point, you've been like bobbing corks in the ocean, but you basically got to a point where you're going, I'm just going to give up now. I'm just going to give up now. But I'm here to encourage you this morning, don't underestimate the work that the Lord has been doing underground. Because his timing is perfect. So even though we feel that we don't have anything to do or being held back, it's for a specific reason. So don't be discouraged. And I know that's for, I just felt it was for probably about half a dozen people this morning, you know. So, beautiful. Well, he will give you the patience and peace to walk that through, and he'll speak to you at the right time. I guarantee that. I'll guarantee it. We had a great prayer meeting this morning in, uh, in the lower upper room, <laughs> and, and somebody mentioned a word, and, and I felt to share this, that there's only one or two people even though we really love the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, etc., we feel really disappointed. We actually feel really discouraged. And we put on a nice face to let everybody know this is okay. But deep down, there is a wound of disappointment that is eating you away. And I think it's a wound that's been there for many, many, many years. And as it's eating away, it's preventing you from walking in the fullness of what the Lord has for you. Because I, think, I feel like in the back of your mind, God's not good. And that's where the disappointment is. Now, I'm not asking anybody to stand up here, but if that resonates with you, I would encourage you to go and speak to one of the leaders or Kirk and Nicole or one of the leaders in here and just go, you know, that is me. And I would like some prayer about that. Because the enemy is robbing you at the moment. And the enemy is also robbing you of blessing many, many other people. Amen? Okay. And... Um, just the last piece that I, I felt to share was an encouragement to Kirk and Nicole for, well, firstly, it's 
to Neil. Man, I just want to say thank you, mate. I really want to say thank you, you know, for the work and the hours and the dedication that you put in here. You know, it's selfless sacrifice. Selfless sacrifice, mate, you know. And, uh, and it, we, we have such a volunteer, you know, feel about this place, you know. And you, you, I'm sure you've been told this many times, but it's special here what you have. You know, it's special to see so many people interacting with one another, serving one another, just loving one another. You know, and it's precious. It's a precious, precious thing that you have. And so I just like to honor Kirk and Nicole in that area and just encourage you in, in times of discouragement that you're doing an awesome work here, an awesome work on the board, and awesome work speaking into not only your people, your family here, but into the families and lives of others that are around Australia and overseas. You know, I, um, sometimes you get a glimpse of thinking, oh, this traveling is, is good. It's, I can't wait to go home and see my wife tonight, you know, and uh, after I watch the football, but, <laughs> but it, it's a, it comes at a cost. You know, and, and I honor you guys for, for counting the cost. And so I want to remind you, Kirk, of something that took place a little while ago, and I feel the Lord is going to blow back on that again, was you were placed on your hand the fire of Ukraine. And I believe that, I'm not saying the fire has gone out, but it's not a furnace. <laughs> and it's going to come into a furnace again. So get ready, everybody, yeah? <laughs> um, so as been, we've been going through, as I said earlier, um, under construction, so to speak, I just want to share something this morning as an encouragement for each and every one of you that there is a place in the kingdom for you. Not just to come in here and sit in the pews, but there is a specific purpose for every single one of us in this room, no matter where we're at. There is a work for you to do. So let me just read this, because I want to encourage you not to allow yourself to be discouraged. Or sell yourself short by thinking, God can't or won't use me. And we can take encouragement from people in the scriptures like, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were, said they were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Wow, that's a calling and a half. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Now, come on, who can relate to that? <laughs> Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. But they were all used by the Lord, yeah? yeah? So seriously, do you think the Lord can't use any of us? Come on. Come on. You see, the desire of the Lord's heart is always restoration. It's never condemnation. And even though we have journeyed as a church, and we may have lost 
a few people along the way. They will watch and some will come back, but we love them anyway. When the Lord has a work for us to do, there comes a season of prep. And as I said before, that some, rather than going through the season of preparation, choose to move on. But we need to love them anyway. You see, I have an old saying which, and I shared part yesterday with some dear friends. See, everyone wants to go into the promised land, but not everybody wants to go through the desert. Or to put it another way, nobody wants to come and help bake the cake, but they all want to come and join in and eat it. You see, I feel that the Lord in this church is actually building a depth of maturity that we can handle the sifting and the shaking that's going on. So those that have left here or those that have yet to come here will feel, wow, we are accepted no matter what our circumstance is here because these people love us. I don't think it's by any coincidence that the sign over your door is the banner over him is love, yeah? And in, the, in our journey, we can actually get to a point where we've been a little bit hurt, some are a lot hurt, we can feel broken, we can sometimes feel abandoned, disappointed. But I want to encourage you this morning that it takes a strong heart to love, but it takes an even stronger heart to love after it's been broken or hurt. I believe this is going to be known as a house of love. And so, my scripture this morning, because I better give a scripture, otherwise I'll be told off, well, you didn't use the Bible, you know, (laughs) is Galatians 5.22. So let me just read that over you, and I'd, I'd encourage you, and we all know this passage of scripture, But I just encourage you to close your eyes and just listen to this piece of scripture. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What spirit of the fruit is the Lord growing in your life at the moment? What spirit of the fruit is the Lord growing in your life at the moment? Because I'd like to break this down into basically, say, three parts. The first four fruit, second four, and then the last, which underpins everything, which is self-control. You see, I feel that in our times now where there's so much fear and people are scared and, you know, it seems to be being magnified the whole time. I feel that we are the answer. That the answer to darkness is light. However small... However small, however part of our journey that we're on, we are light. And we will will dispel darkness. So let us be light, yeah? I heard a, a gentleman say one time, a thousand candles, when lit, have more significance and reassurance than a blazing fire or a powerful searchlight. You see, we're ordinary people with an inner determination to become goodness. And goodness, we have more authority to change our community community, than any law or political persuasion. As we're out there just shedding goodness to people, 
People are drawn to that. People are really drawn to that. And so my encouragement to you today is, if you seek after, we will actually start to reflect the fruits of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then we will become sought after because people will be drawn to that fruit that is in your life at the time. But life is a living process of learning and growing from lessons we receive. So every day is a lesson for us. I, um, my wife and myself, we, we foster um, four boys from the age of 16 to seven months. And before we actually fostered, <clears throat> I thought I was a good Christian boy who loved everyone. Until my buttons were pushed by some boys that were sent to us, who, by the way, we prayed for, Lord, send those who need to come here. And I quickly found my unconditional love was very conditional. Very conditional. Over the period of time that my, my wife and myself have been looking after children, we've had about 60 to 70 kids come through the door. Some I've, my grace has been stretched immensely, and some I have just loved from the moment I've seen them. But they've all taught me how to love how to love unconditionally. And I believe as we apply and take in, really take in the fruits of the Spirit here, we will really start to see ourselves having the Lord's heart because God is love, yeah? He loves us no matter what. No matter what we've done and no matter what we're going to do, He still loves us. And that's in our DNA. In each and every one of us, that's in our DNA. And we can do that. But God, in his wisdom, what he could prevent in his wisdom, in his power, he allows in his wisdom. And so he sends grace growers into our lives to see how much we love people unconditionally. Yeah? See, when we learn to reflect love, joy, peace, and patience, we benefit as well as those we are in contact with. Because something rubs off on them, but we get something back as well. We're, we are blessed to be a blessing. But as we bless, it comes back to us as well, you know? And they're glad to be associated with each and every one of you because... Our benefits, as I just said, rubs off on them. And we can make goodness fashionable again. How's that? We can make it fashionable again. In a time of deep paranoia, people that are just afraid of what's going in the world, we can make goodness fashionable again. And as we go on to develop our second lot, which is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, others begin and start to know that they can trust each and every one of us, that they can trust us. They, because the reason they know they can trust us is because they start to know and start to realize they're being treated the way they deserve to be treated. Yeah? Now I'm talking about people from all walks of life here. So when we deal with people honestly and with kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, we send them a message that we care, that we care. And in return, we're treated the same way. Eventually by some and immediately by a few. Because whatever we give will eventually come back to us. 
Okay. When we developed self-control, this was my biggie. I thought I had it all together until you start getting rebellious teenage boys in your house that turn the place upside down, do some crazy, crazy stuff, and you have to love them anyway. So I had to start learning self-control from what I spoke out very quickly. But as we develop self-control, you see, what, what actually starts to happen is we gain a balance in our lives that enables each and every one of us to live to live the other qualities fully and completely. I believe the self-control underpins everything, all the other eight fruits of the Spirit. And it allows us to live in them fully and with full quality of purpose and completely. And without self-control, we actually start to learn very quickly we lack the ability to be patient, not only with ourselves, but with other people. And without self-control, we lack the ability to love unconditionally. And self-control gives us the ability to put fears and concerns in the correct perspective so that we don't harm others or even ourselves. Though, the person living with fear will be destructive to themselves and to others. And fear, anxiety, and suspicion are destructive habits. And we come across that. It could be even in some of our lives, fears and anxieties. But they are destructive habits. That when they're activated, we have a tendency then to be drawn into what we call selfishness. Which is no good for anybody. And we basically just seek our own good without being concerned about the welfare of those around us, those that we actually say we care for and we want to do something to help them. And our light has become dimmed. So mastering self-control is a key to mastering, to gaining master over our lives for Jesus' sake. And if we really want to be a people that are sought after to gain friends and influence people, we must develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We must, guys. You know, without the Holy Spirit, it's tough, tough work. We must develop that relationship with Him. And as He develops us, we put on a personality or put on his personality, and others will be drawn to us. They actually be drawn to us like magnets, you know? Or if you want a better analogy, like moths to a light. Well, just people will just be drawn. And, you know, people will come to the point where they'll start to seek your company because of the comfort and companionship and friendship and love that they experience with each one of you as the fruits of the Spirit start to rise up and start to become more evident in each one of your lives. Um, can I just take a, a segue pause for a moment? It's Trish, isn't it? Yeah. Last night you had red shoes on. And I was drawn to the red shoes because my daughter loves red shoes. And I asked Karen, I said, what's that lady's name? The one in the red shoes. And when I seen the red shoes on yourself, I had this picture of, now I might get the, the movies wrong or whatever, but is it Dorothy and the yellow brick road? And, but I, I seen yourself in these red shoes skipping. I can't skip, so I'll just do that. Skipping. Skipping along. I'm British. Skipping, you know. <laughs> Just skipping along these roads, but at the end of the road, there was people. 
and you spoke healing words into people. I believe the Lord is going to increase tenfold the prophetic gifting that's already that's in yourself. That is going to grow and grow where you will speak words that are not going to unpack in one or two weeks or a month down. They're going to come and be fruitful within hours that you speak in. Bit of groundwork to be done too. But sort of dancing red shoes. Because you're full of joy. You, you have joy within you that just will bubble out to people. Anyway, sorry for that. Let's, we'll go back to the program. Where was I up to? My wife said to me, this is what my wife says to me, here I go again, Jody's laughing, I'm just, my wife says to me, you better write down your sermon. That's why I'm reading, because I don't normally read, you know. I have this bit of dyslexia thing that kicks in every now and again, so that's why I sort of slow down with my, my reading. But my wife says to me, you better write down everything you say and don't go down any rabbit warrens, okay? I'm going, yes, darling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. Don't get me started here. Don't get me... St- you know, my wife is, a, is an amazing, amazing woman. Um, I really, you know, have to honour her in, in as much as what you see here today talking is, um, is a lot of her perseverance in speaking good into a man that Basically, well, I still like to sit up the back, but had no confidence whatsoever. And I I just want to encourage, you know, wives, don't give up on your husbands. If he's not somebody that you think he he should be like, keep speaking in well into your man. Because, you know, deep down inside your man is a $6 million man. That was what I felt like my wife, it was like, we can rebuild this guy, you know. Or who is it? Robocop now for the younger ones, you know, or whoever, you know. I'm just this old dude up here. But, but keep speaking in, you know, because th- there is a treasure deep, deep down inside each and every one of our guys. Because I know, I, I had many people say to me, men's ministry, men's ministry. I'm just going, on your bike? I don't even like these blokes, you know, because we had nothing in common. But it was my insecurities. But inside, you know what was going on inside of me? And I know it's going on inside of a lot of you guys. I want some of that. I want to be part of what these guys are doing. I want that boldness to rise up in me. So I just pray right now, Father, just release boldness and courage to rise up in every one of the men and the young men that are in this house today. And just release them into the full potential that you've called them to. And Father, I just give thanks for all the women in here you know, whether married or single, that they are precious in your sight, Father God. And as men, and as a representative of the men in this place, we just honour you women and say thank you. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for speaking good into us. Thank you for standing by us when times were tough. We thank you. Wow, where did that come from? Wow. I don't know where I'm at now. <laughs> self-control, that's it. I better, get, I better apply some of that. Lord, just release self-control here. <laughs> love given grows. But love hoarded dwindles. So let's just give it all away. Let's just give it all away. Wholeness of life begins on the inside of each one of us. It is what we contribute to the world around us that makes us whole. You know, so as we start just giving and talking and sharing, how good do you feel? You know, it's nice to get presents and have somebody do something for you, but how good do you feel when you're blessing somebody else? I, 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 here I go again. I, um, I remember I was, I had this amazing privilege in, um, the church I used to belong to before we planted, that um, people used to trust me with hundreds and thousands of dollars. And they would come up to me and say, Rob, God put on my heart this morning to bless this person. Can you give them this money? 
And I'm just going like, man, my old nature is like, I could just pull a couple of 50s out. Nobody's going to know because, you know. But the thing was, in my heart, I'm going, I am a blessed man. I'm going over here on the trust of this person to walk over to this person and say, um, somebody is blessing you today. They said that the Lord put it on their heart. And to see people weep, you know, they just had no expression what to say. I was blessed. I was blessed. And we are blessed when we give something away. You know, but when it comes back to us, we need to be good receivers too, people. Because if somebody's coming up, like I was, somebody wants to come up and give me something, my pride rose up and said, I don't need that. You know, but what I found, I was robbing somebody of a blessing. It's a two-way street here, yeah? Anyone looking within themselves? Now, anyone is everyone in here. As we actually look within ourselves, we can find valuable assets, resources, and talents that can be shared. We all have something to give away. And so my encouragement, next week when we come into the church, what are we coming in to give away? A word of encouragement, to bless somebody financially, to come and serve on the door, saying whatever. We all have something to give something away. So beginning with one effort, no matter how small, produces a miracle for the giver and the receiver. And if both help someone, someone else in need, the number of agents in care, in action, then multiplies. We're in the multiplication business, guys. That's what we're in. Love given grows. It multiplies in power. It moves joy and goodness into a world to dispel sorrow and lack. Love must become our true nature. It is a deliberate choice that we can make right now, that we choose to love someone. It doesn't depend on how we feel. It doesn't depend on any emotions. We can just love somebody right now. We can actually get to a point where we can build up our stamina and power to love. It's like an exercise program for the inner man. Grace given to us by God, grace is given to us by God to enable us to feel good about ourselves. But love helps us feel good about others. That we feel good about other people. Amen? So you may feel great about God and yourself and may someone this week that you don't know receive something wonderful from the spirit of your inner man. Now I want to finish with this. This is not my words. I I've seen the saying one time and I just, I just love this saying and I share this a lot with people. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of good deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is, who is actually in the arena whose face is mad by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again and again. Because there is not effort without error and shortcomings. Guys, just because we trip up and fail once or twice or three times, Never give up. Oh, the Britishness is coming out. Winston Churchill. Never give up. Never give up. Because if we keep pursuing, we're in a majority because God is with us.
So never, ever give up. Take courage from that. And I know, being in this room, that there's many, many people here that have had dreams and have given up on their dreams. And it's sad. I want to encourage all the parents to encourage your kids to dream. Encourage your kids to chase their dreams. Because there's a little bit of Peter Pan in all of us, yeah? And what we do, we get to a certain age, and then the kids, we encourage to be kids and dream and carry on. And then you get to a certain age, and then all of a sudden, you know what we do? Stop being silly. Grow up. And we beat the dreams out of them. And some of us have had our dreams beaten out of us. Or poured cold water onto our dreams. But the thing is, in each and every person in this room today, there is a dream that is lying dormant, dormant deep down in our hearts somewhere. We might have to go digging, but it's there. And I want to encourage you today to reignite that fire. To reignite the fire and dare to dream again. Yeah? Because it says all your dreams can come true if you, because it comes down to you now, it's an action, if you have the courage to step out and pursue them. Amen? Let's stand. Father, I just ask that your winds of refreshing just blow over this place. Just blow over this place, Father. Come and refresh those who are weary physically and mentally, Lord. Just refresh them today, Father God. And Father, I just ask that within this group of people, that you start to raise up what we come to know as the sons of Issachar, that will start to know the times and the seasons, and then implement from there. So Holy Spirit, I just ask, in Jesus' mighty name right now, that you just come and rest on each person's heart and mind and just start a renewing process. Give us your heart and mind for the lost, Father. From the despised to the very high-ranking CEOs, give us the lost, Lord. Give us the lost, Father God. Father, and as was spoken earlier this morning. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed. So just let your healing flow through this place today. Our physical healing, where our hearts have been hurt, and where our minds have been damaged as well, Father God. Allow your healing to flow through this place in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.